Hello and welcome into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Thank you for watching us on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel and Red Voice Media, and for listening on New Hampshire Family Radio, WLMW 90.7 FM, Manchester, New Hampshire, KKVV Radio in Las Vegas, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like us on your station, email us at Taryn at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. The number one thing I probably have people say to me, you know, when I meet you in person or when you guys email me at Taryn at WeThePatriotsUSA.org or reach out on any of my social media platforms, the number one thing you um, you guys and my audience and listeners say to me is, wow, Taryn, you had so much courage during COVID to do what you did, to take a stand. And, you know, my what I say back is, so do you. You have that courage inside of you. I'm just a mom. I'm just a mom who, you know, was going about her job, trying to do her best for her family. Um, you have that same courage and uh, that same power living inside of you. So I cannot wait to talk to you and to introduce you to today, uh, Laban Ditchburn, who is the world's best courage coach. He is the author of Bet on You, and he is the host of Be Your Own Superhero podcast. Do you see him and his wife, Anna, there on your screen if you're watching us on Red Voice Media or on Rumble? And he is just an amazing person. His story of courage, not only from what he overcame in his life um, in regards to addiction and gambling and, and various things, self-destructive behavior that he had going on in his life, but then when he was able to harness that courage, um, go forth and help other people, and in the middle of writing that book and um, launching his, his podcast, he, he had to flee from Australia. Pretty crazy to say Lee from Australia. Um, but that is exactly what he had to do during COVID because I'm going to show you um, real quick a clip of what was happening just miles outside of his home in Australia during the pandemic, during the lockdowns. This is just, um, it's still hard to imagine that this happened in Australia. <laughs> So just brutal, brutal, brutal. We had a police state happening in Australia at the time. Well, Laban um, and his wife, Anna, were able to get out and now they're in the U.S. helping to equip people with courage. And um, so we just want to also uh, showcase our sponsors who have courage just alongside of us here at We the Patriots USA. Um, they are also, you know, patriots and freedom fighters in this movement. So let's go ahead and listen to our sponsors and then we will hear from Laban. This episode is brought to you by The Freedom People, providing comprehensive solutions for individuals and businesses to take control and protect their freedoms. Visit thefreedompeople.org to reclaim your freedoms. This episode is brought to you by The Carnivore Bar, providing a fuel source for ancestral carnivore, paleo, and keto eaters who value their on-the-go autonomy without sacrificing quality nutrition. Visit carnivorebar.com for more information. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers. 
educating ourselves, and forging a new path forward. Hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. Laban, welcome into the podcast. Uh, it's so great to have you on the show. We met at the We the Patriots USA National Conference, and that was such a, a fruitful meeting. We're so glad to have you on the show. Well, Taryn, to say that this is a, a, a key watershed moment in my broadcasting career is an understatement. I, I can't tell you how grateful I am to be alongside some of the ridiculously good, amazing, courageous, brave, and partially insane people that you've had previously on the show. And I, and I say partially insane with the greatest, utmost respect for them, because I think we all need to be a little bit insane if we if we're to come through the, the, the greater insanity, right? I, I think so, too. Um, I think we all have a little bit of that insanity inside of us. And that's how we harness that courage, right, um, that we'll be talking about today. And, you know, you yourself have roots in broadcasting, too. Your, your father, um, a broadcaster in Australia, where, where you're from. Yeah, uh, it's funny, you know, Tara, when I was 16, I knew what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to be a radio announcer like my daddy. And... Uh, and I filled out all the paperwork. It was for a community college equivalent. They call it Polytech. This is actually New Zealand where I was born. I'm half New Zealand, half Australian. So if you confused at the accent, that's why, right? But I filled out all the documentation and I couldn't tell you how excited I was to do this, Taryn. And then my father in his infinite wisdom said, son, you don't want to do radio. And I said, why is that, dad? He goes, there's no money in it. And what my dear, dear old dad didn't realize that it was never about the money. So it's hilarious now. Fast forward, I don't know, 25 years or whatever it is that I'm back doing the thing that I originally wanted after doing 20 years of very unrewarding, unfulfilling uh, career paths that ended up giving me a, a number of skill sets that are Liam Neeson in Taken-like unique that have allowed me to lean into my greatness and it was the greatest blessing ever. So I love you, Dad, and thank you very much for the... the uh, the dissuasion. I love uh, the way that you describe that, Liam, like an action hero, uh, Liam Neeson <laughs> type, uh, you know, ways that you were equipped throughout your life. So let's, let's dive into your story before we, um, you know, really give people uh, tangible ways to harness that courage, because we know that we're going to have to have it moving forward, <laughs> because we know the insanity is still um, still happening out there. It's still probably going to happen uh, in a great scale once again, as it did during COVID. But let's start um, with what happened to you during COVID. Here you are living um, in Australia. And I showed a video at the beginning of, um, you know, the riots that were happening, the extreme lockdown um, tell us what made you want to quote unquote flee Australia, which is crazy to say flee because everyone thinks of Australia as this wonderful free place, but that's not what it was for you at the time. Well, if you'll allow me to go back to sure. 2015, because that's sort of where the genesis of this started, Taryn. And, and my journey began on a Tuesday night around midnight. And I was lying in my bed with my laptop open and I had about three and a half bottles of appropriately priced Pinot Noir coursing its way through my veins and smashing into my liver, my poor liver. 
and and I was gambling on a on a horse race in Hong Kong, country I wasn't in, spending money that that I didn't have to lose, and I had this epiphanous moment, a God moment, if you call it, that the direction that my life was heading was actually the complete opposite of what I'd imagined as as a sixteen year old boy with these aspirations of being a you know a big broadcaster, and in the bottom left hand corner of the screen was this phone number that I'd never seen before. And I've been on this page many, many times before and I just picked up my phone and I called the number and it was for the Gambler's Helpline. And, and I, I, had, I, had, I had the Charlie Sheen suite of addictions, the drink and the drugs and the gambling and the flandering and the, the limiting beliefs and the negative self-talk and, and an autoimmune disease and that type of thing. And this woman whose last name I'll never know, but her first name was Mary. And I, so I called her Mary Magdalene because she was a guardian angel, whether she, she knew it or not. And she listened to me for the first time, Taryn, without judgment. And for anyone listening to this, if you find a place or someone where you can share what you're going through without judgment, without someone trying to solve the problem, just being there for you. And it's not that you want to necessarily download all your, your woes and, and the victim mindset on them, but sometimes we might need that early on. And it was a pivotal moment because she listened to me with the patience of the saint that she was, let me finish. And she said, Laban, problem gamblers experience suicide at rates way, way higher than any other addictive behavior. And I, it, it floored me. And so this darling woman put me in touch with a gambling psychologist program, which was run by the Salvation Army. And it was paid for by, from the taxes from gambling losses. So for the first time in my gambling career, I was actually up. And I've worked out the numbers and it's approximately the free counseling I got if I'd had to pay full price for it was about the money that I'd lost over the years. So I kind of ended up breaking even. But my first session with, with Lee, she asked me a question about my mum, who I had a very dysfunctional relationship with at the time. I broke down and started this healing journey of, of really what became until this day where and I'm very proud to stand before you and share this with you that in August 26, 2023, whether you listen to this before or after on the day of, is my seventh year of sobriety from alcohol. Not a single drop, longer for drugs, longer for gambling. And I completely turned my life around. I lost 60 pounds of body fat, put on 30 pounds of muscle. I started running ultra marathons inexplicably out of the blue in 2018. I found the woman of my dreams in the streets of Melbourne and, and found my purpose to be known as the world's most positively influential speaker. And, and I do that by being the world's best courage coach. And my escapism behavior was came from being a child of divorce, Taryn, nothing more innocuous than that. And so the, the other idea or suggestion I would give anyone is to never diminish your experience and never compare it to someone else because it'll always, you can always compare it to someone who's had a way worse run than you, right? Yeah. So, so if you fast forward, when Anna and I met in 2018, and this will give more context to what we're talking about in a minute, we basically got pregnant the first time that we consummated the relationship. We'd, she made me wait, right? She made me wait. It was like three or four months in. And she had an ectopic pregnancy. Mm. And, and an ectopic, for those who don't know, is when the, the I think it's the egg and the sperm starts it gets stuck in one of the fallopian tubes and starts to grow and it's very dangerous for women. And unfortunately, 
uh, that hemorrhaged and mm -hmm. Anna nearly bled internally to death. Like, I'm not exaggerating this either. She nearly died, right? She was probably hours away from dying. And that has been a, a run of what has now become 18 consecutive miscarriages, mm -hmm. with three of those being ectopic. Now, I'm not sharing this for sympathy with, with the audience here, but it's, it's really important in the context of what I'm talking about. So because of the way my employers treated me in a small company that I was working in, and I used to work in IT recruitment, right? Did it for like 14, 15 years. I decided in 2019 to go out on my own because I didn't want to report into anyone anymore. And 2019, Taryn, was a total unmitigated financial disaster. And I used that term for effect only. I didn't make a single dime from recruitment. But the blessing of it was that I spent all of my time almost researching and learning the stuff that has become super relevant to me today. So at the end of 2019, with my tail between my legs, we were absolutely destitute. I took a job back working for a company, working for the man, because my, my skill set was in pretty good demand. Then I could get a six-figure package. And that was, I started in February 2020. And then, and then seven weeks later, COVID happened and I was made redundant. And because I hadn't earned any money in 2019 from my business, I didn't qualify for any of the governmental uh, assistance payouts. Mm -hmm. So Anna has a job where she's earning about 60000 a year. Our rent was about 3200 bucks a month. So you can see the disparage there in terms of the financial stuff. The, I, I knew that I wanted to be a speaker. I knew that I wanted to be an author and a coach and do these things. And because we were in Melbourne, Australia, we lived in South Bank. For anyone who knows the area, it's like inner city. It's right next to the casino. It's actually a really beautiful part of Melbourne. And I had no way of getting my voice out. So I decided to create the podcast. And just a, a slight correction, technically it's called Become Your Own Superhero, Become, right? Yeah. But it should come up if you search that either way. So that started this incredible journey of reaching out and connecting to these incredible guests that I've been able to have on, one of which was Les Brown, the motivational speaker who came on in my eighth episode and, and gave me the blueprint for the book that he wanted me to write and, and wrote the forward for my book. And if you fast forward to uh, a year after Anna and I got together, and I hope I'm not losing people here, Anna had a, had a breakdown of sorts. And so we've been together a year and at the very beginning of our relationship together, after my hedonistic background, I said to Anna, you can ask me anything you want about my past, as long as you're happy to hear the answer. And boy, howdy, did she take advantage of that, that opportunity, right? But what it did, Taryn, is it created a really, really strong bond of trust. And she knew that she could rely on me. And a year into our relationship, if I could share something really personal, if you've got any young kids listening, maybe just cover their ears for a second. But my wife, after this, this breakdown where she, you know, and she shares this publicly, by the way, so this is, this is public domain. She was like banging her head against the wall, like, like violently. I'd never seen the side of her. She's the most sweet, angelic human being I've ever met in my life. And I grabbed her and I just held her. And, and it was that day that she revealed to me that from 15 until she was 21, growing up in Russia, a stepfather had been systematically abusing her, resulting in two pregnancies from the abuse. 
and two illegal underground abortions, one of which damaged her uterine wall. So mm. you're putting the pieces together now, right? So this yeah. explains all the miscarriages. And, and thank God that she shared that with me because then we could start this healing journey together. My wife, I might be the world's best courage coach, Tara, but she is the most courageous person I know, right? <laughs> Fast forward to September 2021, Melbourne, Australia has endured the longest lockdowns of anywhere in the world at this point. We had a couple of moments where we were open for a little bit and then, you know, 30, 30 cases would, would take place and then they'd shut the whole city down. You know, the, the CBD became a, a ghost town and people losing businesses hand over first and stuff. But in September 2021, after doing a, like a number of years of work on herself, Anna finally was able to share with her mother back in Russia what had happened to her. And her mother and the, and the stepfather had long, long since divorced. He basically left as soon as Anna left. And the mum, to her credit, turned into a full mama bear. And she went, she nearly killed the guy and she got the police involved over there. And the Russian police, they do things a little bit differently in terms of court and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But they subpoenaed Anna to fly to Russia within seven days because it was a cutoff because there were statute of limitations. Just the mm -hmm. timing of it was just incredible. So Anna had to be in where she's from in Russia, a place called Sahalin, just north of Japan, within seven days. Otherwise, the case was going to be dismissed. Well, at that time, we had to get permits to leave the country, right? Mm -hmm. We were we had at times, Tara, and we had a three-mile radius from the center of where we lived that we had to remain in. You talk about 15-minute cities. These were like two-minute cities. Yeah. Right. So, and you couldn't go, you couldn't go into state, right, without permits. Now, I'm a New Zealand and an Australian citizen. I have two passports. My wife is a Russian and a full Australian citizen. And as an Australian citizen, the Australian government, with all the information they had about the case that had been translated into English, the reason Anna needed to go, rejected wow. Anna's application to leave the country. All right. I want I want people to hear that they rejected saying it wasn't a good enough reason to leave. And it's even just crazy that you had to get permission to leave the country. That that's a whole nother issue, right? Like a, <laughs> you talk about freedoms, like that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. And and but what we did next was I think is part of what I want to share with people today. Because mm -hmm. when I tell these stories, is I want to I want to have little little tidbits here and there that you can use because in case the next time this happens right we need we need some ideas yeah. and being put in a situation like that and we're very grateful for all these situations Taryn, because what we did is we, we we were like right how do we solve this challenge how do we solve this problem and we got onto a number of facebook groups where people were teaching other people how to go through all the documentation to ensure that you would get a much more positive outcome now thank god we, we went through that process, submitted another application, and it was approved, right? So Anna jumps on a plane, I drop her off at the airport, which I'm not even supposed to do, right? Because I'm outside of the three-mile radius, whatever. Yeah. And she she flies on an empty jet with six, seven people on it, like a 747 to back to Russia. I'm stuck in Melbourne because we weren't married at the time, and in order for me to get a visa, it takes about a month. 
Mm-hmm. So I said, darling, oh, don't worry, you go, you're going to get this sorted out and I'll finish packing up the house because we were going to move from Melbourne to Queensland, the Sunshine Coast, where my brother lives, because they were experiencing, they've been open for a lot longer and it was a lot more relaxed up there. Kind of like moving to Florida, I suppose, if you had to compare it to the US, right? Sure. So I'm like, I'm not, because, and, and just, I forgot to mention as well, like the condition of leaving the country was that you needed to be away for a minimum of three months, right? Then when you did come back, you had to stay in a quarantine camp for 14 days, concentration camp, at your own cost at about four and a half thousand Australian dollars. And I was like, I'll be damned if I'm doing that, right? So I, I had to figure out a way to get out as well. Now, thankfully, my book that I mentioned earlier was, was about to be published and released to the world. And my publisher, who was out of the US, her husband was an attorney, a very successful attorney. And he drafted a letter that demanded I be made available for the Frankfurt International Book Fair, the Frankfurt Book Messer, they call it. And for all you literary scribes or readers out there, I forget what the term is, thespians. Um, it's not a thespian. Uh, it's the largest book fair in the world. And, they, and Germany was open to some extent so I had my first application rejected, I had my second application rejected, and then finally using more knowledge from these Facebook groups was able to get the third one approved. We put all of our stuff in storage. One of the most stressful days of my life, we had to get a, PC, a valid PCR test and we didn't require a vaccine to leave, but we required a valid PCR test to leave the country. I had a mask exemption when I went to the clinic the woman yeah, how did you get that so there's a there's a guy a doctor dr mark hobart from uh, from a very small clinic in a suburb called sunshine which is very fitting in melbourne it's lower socioeconomic mm-hmm. like this guy is an anne frank of this this last three years mm-hmm. and he also uh, about a week after we left here and his clinic was raided and he basically had his license and his ability to practice taken away. And, and the update, I believe, is that he's having success being able to sue to get it back. But he mm-hmm. provided vaccine, temporary vaccine exemptions for Anna and I and these mask exemptions, which no hardly anyone had. No, no one had the vaccine stuff. And it was through his bravery and, and uh, generosity and just fearlessness and his courage that was the catalyst for the momentum for us to believe that we could actually get out of the country. If you like, I can continue telling about what happened. Yes, I would love to hear then how you how you got out because I have some awesome photos. I love this one of you leaving. If people are watching the photo <laughs> of you with your your moving truck, your last night in Australia, and it's just beautiful that there's a rainbow. God gave you. Um, uh, that it is not a symbol of pride. It is his promise. It is a symbol of his promise that um, he will he will deliver his people. And here he is delivering you um, from the lockdowns in Australia. It was just it was an incredible moment, Taryn. And, and that's at my friend's house, Sam, who's just an incredible human being and helped me out. Um, this last day of moving was, was easily one of the most stressful days of my life. And I know I've shared some other heavy stuff, but like, I had to get this PCR test and the woman who was taking the PCR test 
um, absolutely hated my guts because I had I didn't wear my mask, mm-hmm. and she said, "Where's your mask?" And I said, oh, "Like my typical line was, oh, thank you for asking, but I have an exemption." And then, like, what's your exemption for? It's like people forget that they are not allowed to ask these things, right? Yeah. And and my PCR test went missing, and mm. like it never arrived in time, so I couldn't leave the country without without that PCR, right? We didn't have enough money to rebook flights, like, and what I did is I called up my GP, who is a fan of me, and and I said to her, if the Queen of England, she was alive back then, mm-hmm. came into your clinic right now, how quickly could you give her a PCR test? And she sort of stumbled a little bit, and I said, a oh, serious question. She said, well, we'd do it, we'd do it within one hour. I said. Open up the door, young lady. The Queen of England's on her way. <laughs> and I got I got my PCR test done with it. I think got it like 50 minutes. I got the notification on my email and packed up everything, jumped on this plane. I don't know if you showed the photograph yet. I'm on a, a Singapore Airlines 747, I think it is. And there's, I think, eight passengers on there. And clearly no one behind me. There's about 13 crew. I... I know I'm wearing a mask under my chin there, but I enacted my um, mask exemption from the Melbourne to Singapore leg, and they had to they had to go th- around every other passenger to check that it was okay. You can see a desolate Melbourne airport. Melbourne airport's one of the busiest airports in Australia by a long shot, and um, I managed to get this flight through. I uh, went through Austria, I think, and ended up in Frankfurt. And um, and when I landed in Frankfurt. When I checked into the hotel, Taryn, um, I was able to use a, a PCR test um, as part of the check-in procedure. But I ended up going to Berlin. I, it's where I recorded my audiobook, And so I caught the train down there and I, I went to check into a hotel and they said, um, valid PCR or vaccine card, please. And I went, oh, here it is. And they said, oh, I'm sorry, sir, this one's expired. So now this next part might get me in a bit of trouble, but I just did what I did to survive, right? And this is the point of this being a little bit insane and just putting yourself out in a position where you can figure things out, right? I just I just Googled uh, a CDC vaccine card and I found one and I screenshotted it and it was yeah. someone else's and I cut off the name and I just showed it on my phone with the confidence of a thousand Spartan warriors and I used that for the remainder of my time when I was in Germany. Well, just going back to what happened with Anna real quick, the case was dismissed and she went through uh, polygraph examinations, the lie detector test, yeah. physical examination. Like she, they put her through the mill. And unfortunately, because of the statute of limitations and just lack of evidence, because it happened such a long time ago, yeah. and I was only the second person she ever told, right? So, so they dismissed the case, but what happened was everyone in the area knew that it was her stepfather, right? And he was a bit of a mafia guy over there. And Anna connected with three large magazines over there, and one of them agreed to print an article. And the article went viral. And hundreds upon hundreds of hundreds of women and a few men emailed Anna saying, this happened to me. (laughs) Because in the area of Russia that Anna was, there was no support system for this kind of thing. So the beautiful byproduct of that was this incredible impact on the world, right? So the guy, the guy's life's ruined, right? In terms of what people think and know about him now. 
-hmm. he, he'll do his he'll do his penance but the impact that Anna was able to have on these people just incredible she said to me Laban I want you to come and meet me in Russia and I said done so I express posted my passport from Berlin back to Australia because it needed to get a an official stamp and had to be wow. manually done the day after I shipped my passport back Russia shut its borders to the world because of another COVID flare up uh -huh. and then wow. another day or two after that Germany shut its borders to the world so here I am I'm stuck in Berlin I don't have a passport right now <laughs> so but I made the most of it I went and checked out the Berlin Wall memorial stuff and I'm standing <laughs> there and laughing out loud to myself at the irony of where I am right you know like sure. years earlier this is where all the tyranny was happening yep. And then I've just left where all the tyranny is currently happening, right? Mm -hmm. Thankfully, my brother was able to ship a passport. It took about three and a half weeks to arrive because shipping, as you know, is very, very yes. slow. I made use of the time. That's why I recorded the audio book. And then um, Anna and I were like, where on God's green earth are we going to meet up? And the only place that was available without a PCR, without a vaccine requirement was Mexico place that I'd visited with a bunch of friends about 2011 and we drove from Mexico City to Playa del Carmen which is 45 minutes from Cancun over about a three-week period I remember it being stunningly beautiful in the Caribbean and the crystal water and stuff and I said baby let's go to Mexico and seven weeks later right we had hardly spent a day apart since we met seven weeks apart we reunited at Cancun International Airport one of the greatest moments of my life. And I don't want to take anything away from people that fled Poland during World War II or, you know, other parts of the world. But it, it I, I gave me a really strong empathy for what people have had to endure and what they've had to go through. That is just a powerful and incredible story. And it's like you said, you know, it's sort of the modern day um, escapee uh, uh, version of that story and um, you know how did you get in the United States did you go over the border like so many other people have come over our borders uh, this is probably gonna get me in trouble but let's just say we sure. were very resourceful when it sure. came to certain documentation uh -huh. well okay I get that and right. you know it's just uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous that you had to do that and um, we're so glad you're here in the United States with us now using everything that you've been through um whether it's from your childhood or from the last three or four years and now you are teaching other people how to enact that courage um, because you know maybe people are sitting here and um, they didn't have to flee uh, a country to to get to the u.s or to get to freedom maybe they didn't even have to put their jobs on the line like i did uh in order to not have to uh, succumb to the discrimination and the vaccine discrimination, but um, you know they're and they're they have other things. Ever like you said, you should never discount what's going on in your life. They have other things going on, other reasons that they have to step up and be courageous. Um, how? What is your number one tip that you have for people on how to harness that and how to utilize their courage? Yeah, it's a great question, Taryn, and I think you're a wonderful, wonderful example of exactly what I want to talk about here because and this shouldn't be understated like if you know for people that have been involved in media or whatever like for you to ascend to the levels that you got to took a huge amount of sacrifice a 
huge amount of work, huge amount of studying and learning and just doing everything right. And once you're at that level, there's not too many other places that you can go within that realm, right? Once you sort of hit, hit that pinnacle. So there's a lot on the line for you. And I have a lot of, uh, a lot of respect, massive respect for you and, and honor because I, I would argue that what you had to make a decision on was a lot tougher than the stuff that I went because I didn't really answer to anybody. And there's a great quote from Les Brown, the, uh, the motivational speaker I mentioned earlier. He says, what people think of me is none of my spiritual business. So I just want people to think about that for a second. But what I would I say is from, from, a, from a, um, a reframing point of view, right? Whatever adversity you've gone through, right? And Jordan Peterson talks about not comparing ourselves to anyone else except the person we were the day before, right? Whatever adversity you've gone through, which me was for divorce and I was used as a pawn for custody battles and, you know, foster homes and stuff. Like, as soon as you talk about what Anna endured, it's like, like, I, I can't even, it's not even in the same solar system, right? Nope. And it's not that I'm comparing, but I, I'm like, well, I can make, I can do one of two things here, right? I can wallow in self-pity, right? And if you go around blabbering to people and whinging about the world, like 90% of people don't care and 10% are glad it's happening to you, right? So, so you can either do that and let's see how that works out for you, or you can make a decision. You, go, you know what? I'm going to look for the good in, in what I've endured. And how can I use that as a fuel source to power me into serving others? All right. Because my story wouldn't have the credibility and the relatability to people that need it if I hadn't had to go through and overcome all the stuff. And this is why this is why the 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 declaration of the world's best courage code just not an ego thing. It's a it's a statement that I say to myself every single day when I wake up, Terry. It's like, how would the world's best courage coach conduct himself? And we can all be the world's best courage coach, right? But the way that the universe distributes our separate gifts, right? Our, our Michael Jordan level genius at our thing, it kind of it it doesn't align with lots of people, like you. You need to have your own individual thing because if mm -hmm. we all stepped into our genius and got out of victim mode and lent into empowerment mode, we would be able to serve everyone out. Everyone would be lifting everyone up and being pulled up themselves. And so my encouragement for people is no matter what you've gone through in your life, no matter what adversity, whatever trauma you've dealt with, go and get help and ask for help, not so that you appear weak, but so that you can remain strong and keep asking for help until you get it. Because that's what I did, right? I was at a very, very low base point. And then started empowering yourself with knowledge, right? I, start, I, I started to reverse engineer what I went through with my mum and dad and realized that they did the best they could with the tools they had available. And then I started to learn functional ways so that I could eliminate the dysfunctional ways of being a man, how to approach life, how to deal with adversity, all these other things, and learn from people that have already done what I want to do. And there's a great quote from uh, one of the very famous motivational speakers and authors, Jim Rohn, who is a famous introvert, by the way. And he talks a lot about we become like and earn within a few thousand dollars of the five people we spend the most time around. So check your circle, right? If you, It's hard to fly like an eagle when you're surrounded by bloody turkeys, right? So... 
these are just a couple of ideas and I don't want to bombard too much, but I'll start off with those and you can ask me some more questions if you need to. No, that's great. And as our time's uh, coming up short here, so as we um, wrap things up, I want to also hit on the fact that it does take, once you take that leap and you, you enact that courage, and you do what you need to do, there is going to be fallout, most likely. I, I mean, you experience fallout. I obviously experience fallout. But then a, a miraculous thing is going to happen. Your God is going to connect you with other people that you had no idea that were going to come into your life and impact you in a way that you would never have you know, foreseen. And you do such a fabulous job enacting that courage because it does take courage to put yourself out there and meet new people and um, learn new things, just like I have been doing in this medical freedom and freedom journey that I've been on. Tell people how to enact the, once you start to reframe your mind to, to act courageously, how to then parlay that into new relationships that um, help forward your, your path, your new path that you're on. Yeah, understand that the, the process of losing friends or family, you know, because I lost 97.5% of my social circle when I quit alcohol, sure. not because they're bad people, but you just had nothing in common. But the beautiful thing is, Taryn, is that when you, when you lose these people, you create space in your life for other higher quality people that you resonate with. And as your, your, mat, your consciousness level ascends and that vibrational energy gets higher and higher and higher you magnetically attract who you are right you don't want to keep attracting the the negative nellies and the sheep and the the people that aren't serving you well including family and it's not that you need to cut these people off but if you set a clear boundary with yourself and with them you know right i just like i love you but like for now let's just not see each other right and then that what happened here and i can't tell you the the numbers of people that that help Anna and I, A, because I'm, I'm fearless when it comes to sharing our story, and especially Anna's story as well, which is pretty heavy for a lot of people. But the, the more we talk about it, the less power it holds, the less dominion it holds over me. So I share it from a place of strength and not a place of, of victimhood and vulnerability. Use your terrible experience as your new fuel source, right? If you've been thinking about moving into a a speaking career or you want to create a, a platform or a podcast or a YouTube channel or a rumble or whatever, probably rumble, not YouTube. If you're going to talk about this kind of stuff, <laughs> like, like do it now, do it now. It's going to suck. You are going to suck the first 10 episodes, but like the significance of you putting your voice out into the world, right? You'll start getting messages like I do Taryn from both the podcast and the book and from the coaching that I do, right? Saying, mm -hmm. Laban, what you wrote about saved my life. What you wrote about helped me bring my family back together. What you shared on that thing or that guest that you interviewed, the point that they shared allowed me to heal from this incurable autoimmune disease. Do you know what I mean? So like you have an obligation to, to share your message with the world in whatever way that resonates deeply with you, right? And I don't have any qualifications. I failed fifth form. I got two subjects identical two years in a row, Taryn, with an identical curriculum, right? I've never stepped foot inside a college. And do I sound like I'm an idiot? No. There might be the odd viewer, you know, telegraphing their own stuff onto me. But like, I, I'm not, I'm not, nope. mm -hmm. right? You don't need to have the credit, but you don't need to be healed in order to be able to start telling your story. 
And I can tell you, putting it out there is one of the most therapeutic things you can ever do for yourself. So there's my, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I love that, that Les Miles uh, line there that you have. And you do such a great job of, of connecting people. And that's why I've been so blessed to, um, to come in contact with you and to, to build a relationship with you and Anna. And I love you guys. Tell people um, about ways you are going to upcoming help equip them to make those relationships and to push forward in their, their goals? Well, look, there's a few different hats that I wear, right? So I do all this work through my speaking, my coaching, my podcast, my book, and we have a mastermind thing. If you resonate, if you wanna, if you wanna see more of what Taryn's doing, like go check out the podcast and the Rumble YouTube. YouTube's still up miraculously. Um, but if there's people out there that have a, that have a podcast platform or they have a YouTube or they have a Rumble and they are looking for ways to be able to leverage that platform to be able to self-sustain, create another um, revenue stream to reach out and connect with your your A-list guests in whatever space that looks like. My uh, my friend, business, business partner, um, Evans and I are putting on a free event, um, listeners to leadslive.com, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-S, T-O-L-E-A-D-S-L-I-V.com. And we'll probably be running a few of these, right? So if you're listening to this a, a year from now, just check out the website. And we'll be teaching some of these strategies on this call. So if you want to jump on there and hang out some more time with the world's best courage coach and Evans, who's a, an amazing bird as well, we'd love to see you there. Well, thank you so much, Laban. That's awesome. I'm going to jump on. I, I know I want to, to listen in because you guys have such great insights. And um, I just can't thank you enough for sharing your story, for sharing Anna's story. And it's so powerful. And I know that so many people experienced uh, and have experienced the various things, shades of the various things you both have. So um, you're right. You're sharing your story and you're helping other people. And we just so appreciate you. Thank you, Laban. Well, I want to say one last thing. Yeah, that's okay. Absolutely. If you're listening to this, if you're listening to this for the first time or the 51st time, what I want you to do as a special favor to me, right, is I want you to go and find as many places as you can to rate the show, to leave it reviews, honest reviews, and to share it without expectation to people that you care about in your life. Because the way that we, we create massive positive change is through momentum. And Dr. Asim Malhotra on Joe Rogan's interview said, we need six big, big celebrities to stand up to, to turn around what's happening with regards to these vaccines, right? It's the same in these platforms. Terrence doing an incredible job. You have no idea the work that goes into putting these kind of things together, doing it on a shoestring as well. So that's my encouragement. If you support the show, go and do that for Terran and uh, leave a comment or, or just encourage people to, to check it out. And uh, because the, you, the answer will always be no if you never ask the question. That is right. Well, thank you so much, Laban. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the encouragement. And uh, like he said, head to wethepatriotsusa.org to help keep fueling this podcast and everything they are doing. Thanks, Laban. If you enjoy our content, prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation at wethepatriotsusa.org so we can continue to power the education arm of our mission that also extends to work to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. God bless and thank you from everyone here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA.